Welcome to SCGA, Off the Huzzle, the official podcast of the South Carolina Golf Association. The Palmetto Shop is your one-stop shop for all of your logoed apparel, promotional, and marketing needs. Offering full-service embroidery and screen printing for business, athletic teams, and personal needs, along with a variety of gift options with our trademarked Palmetto Tree and Moon. You can find us on Facebook as Palmetto Shop, the web at thepalmettoshop.com, or call us at 803-252-5058. Hey, and welcome into another episode of SCGA Off the Hosel. I'm Alan Knight, I'm not really joined by anybody right now because Biff is at the SEC Championship officiating when this is being recorded. I would like to take a minute to do some quick house cleaning, let you know, you notice we've uh, put out episode every Monday, we're going to do that through May, and starting in June, it'll be every two weeks. Next week, we have Danny Stubbs, a board member here at the SCGA, board director. Uh, then after that's Donald Clement, a golf professional at the Reserve at Pauley's Island, Reserve Club at Pauley's Island. May 17th is Bill Golden with Golf Tourism Solutions. And May 24th, I know, is Tim Krieger with the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendent Association. I want to take a quick moment to thank Jim Huntoon and the Heritage Club at Polly's Island. Allow Biff and I to commandeer their upstairs room for an entire day and do a bunch of podcasting. So thank you to the Heritage Club and to Jim. If you need a place to play when you're in the Polly's Island area, I recommend it. It is a golf factory, but... For a place that does 60,000 plus rounds a year, it's always in good shape. So, thank you, Jim. Also, I want to thank the Palmetto Shop for sponsoring these episodes. If you need anything for your company, for uh, marketing, you know, an event, if you have a church event or a school event, or just want to be silly, if you go into Disney, you know how they always make t-shirts for everybody in the family at Disney, I'm sure they could help you out. Maybe not, but. Got a good episode here today with Gary Shaw. Uh, I think the more I learned about Mr. Shaw, I really am thankful that Myrtle Beach had him in the area. And certainly wasn't built on one man, but I think he was instrumental in helping the growth of the beach. And here he is, Gary Shaw. We are joined by Mr. Gary Shaw, a living legend in my opinion. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Shaw. Well, it makes two of us that share that opinion, you and me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get into your background in a minute. Most recently, you spent some time with Biff and the guys down down here at Myrtle Beach with the Palmetto Cup. And I think you captained a victory, didn't you? Oh, yeah. It was all about captaincy. Uh, uh, it no, must be. I had a bunch of uh, tough players, but, you know, I, I had to lead them. No, not the case at all. I was pretty much ceremonial, but loved the role. And the guys, it was the good thing about it is it's got a lot of tradition, a lot of terrific names on that trophy. So it was nice to be around those guys and those memories. And uh, a number of the players were old friends of mine that I hadn't seen for a long time. That's a real benefit. Yeah. The biggest dark side was uh, the other captain. And Just so we who, were, we were, uh, who, was, who was the other captain? Additionally motivated to win because of. Uh, being opposing Charlie Reimer. Charlie Reimer. Was, yeah. was your captain, Biff? Charlie Reimer was my captain. That's the first time we've ever had a professional as the captain of an amateur team. But I figured this day and age, all rules are out. So. Right, right. 
I knew he'd be fun, and he was. He was, yeah. Uh, so you – by, by the way, that fir- first victory for the professional since 2014 led by Mr. Gary Shaw here. My man. That's what I'm saying. It was the captain. It wasn't just the, the players. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It's a great event. It is. Did yes. you ever play way back when? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. I've never played in that. I okay. don't think I was uh, top around. 10 ever on the pro side, which should have been the case. find that hard to believe. But yeah. uh, So you started out – before you got into golf, you were in the Air Force. The I captain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and let me know if I've got any of these notes wrong. You began your career here in 1973 at Myrtle Beach National. That's correct. As an assistant, yep. golf professional. Then you took over Pine Lakes, head professional in 76, 81. That's correct. The granddaddy. Granddaddy. What a assignment that was. That was terrific. How, how was that? I mean, how was Myrtle Beach in the 70s? Well, I was, I was here in the 60s with the Air Force, and there were three and a half golf courses, the Dunes, Pine Lakes, the Surf Club. Really? And nine holes at the base. Okay. And we had a home and home with each club. We, the Air, Air Force team, we had a team of eight, uh, pro plus seven. And uh, okay. so we'd go to the Dunes Club and play on a Sunday, and they'd come back the next month on a Sunday and play. And we got to know, or I got to know all the, the, the pillars of the community who yeah. in many cases are still alive and still leading this community. So that was great. And uh, we played against the surf club one day, and I was paired in the first group with um, – uh, one of the members from the surf club and the pro, who at that point was Ed Bullock. Okay. And he's a Hall of Famer, a good guy, uh, curmudgeon. <laughs> and uh, he said, what are you doing in the service? You need to get out and come work for me. I said, nah, Mr. Bullock, I, I'm a career guy. I'm going, I'm going the distance. And then uh, Vietnam changed my mind a little bit. I was over there for a year, and I okay. came Thank back you. on an R&R and looked up Bullock, and I said, uh, remember me? He said, of course. <laughs> I said, I think I want to get out of Uncle's Air Force. He said, well, funny about your timing. We're getting ready to build a 72-hole golf course out on uh, 501, which was Myrtle Beach National. It turned okay. out to be 54. He said, you can have a job. But here's the deal. you got to work on the maintenance crew, the construction crew, for six months. Then we'll bring you inside. And that was a blessing. Was it? Yeah. Learned about What did you enjoy about that? Well, you know, you're around these guys that do it for a living. That is, build a golf course. Dozers, shovels, uh, ditch witches. So I was operating a ditch witch installing uh, irrigation pipe. <laughs> so, and uh, Bullock said, he said, you're going to be the lowest of the lowest of the lowest, Captain. Wow. <laughs> said, Suits me fine. He said, you must want to do this real bad. I said, oh, I think I do. Yeah. So I did about a year on the crew and then came in and... Uh, my fellow assistant pro was Skip Corn, oh yeah, who's got a lot of uh, accomplishments in South Carolina. So early in the week, we're, we're getting ready to open, and he says, uh, "How do you operate this cash register? I've never done it." I said, "I haven't either. I was going to have you show me." So we came in really, oh, man. really green. Yeah, that's funny. But and, you know that that and the experience of of learning and, and being in the business to to be able to know everything kind of learning it as you go and getting all the pieces of it from the from the yeah irrigation to the carts to the cash register i mean i think biff you're right i think it helped me when i got into owning operating building a tremendous amount and uh so i'm at myrtle beach national for 18 months and the job at pine lakes opens up and uh was that following d'angelo 
No, he's at the Dunes Club. This okay. fellow, Augie okay. Swart, gotcha. who'd been there forever, who I really admired, because mm-hmm. he was there when I was stationed at the base. So uh, I told Mr. Bullock, I'd like to apply for that head pro job. He said, you ain't ready. <laughs> Don't be stupid. I said, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so I thought about it, and I said to him the next day, I said, I'm going to do this because he Mr. Bullock, hear me out. I want to bleed on a floor two or three times, and then I'll be better prepared for a real interview when I really am prepared, as as you made your comments. So I go to this interview, and I don't think I do very well. It was family-owned. Yeah. Sandy Miles and his oh, yeah. dad, Fred. Yeah. That name. So I, I interviewed for a couple hours, and uh, Sandy was more in, interested in my Air Force background than golf. So I left... Thinking that he had he had kind of transgressed into a different field, not wanting me to interview me because I was a, a goner. I mean, I I, right. I I was not a candidate. Yeah. That was I thought. So uh, I go to work the next morning, and Bullock said, "How'd the interview go?" I said, "I bled on the floor, <laughs> and you're probably right. I wasn't wasn't right." He says, "Well, not exactly. Uh, you've got an interview, follow up interview tomorrow at ten. Wow." Well, it turns out Bullock and Miles were just like that. Gotcha. Uh, real buddies. And so they had agreed that I I was going to be the guy, and I never knew it. That's t- cool. Until years later. So that was that was a 76 then? Uh, Correct. Yes, it was. And, and fast-tracking here a little bit, you served as the president of the Carolina's PGA section starting in 85, 86? Yeah. Uh, and that's a elected position by your peers, correct? It is. Yes, you got to feel good about that. I do. I would uh, think. You know, they uh, all of you are in leadership roles, serve on boards and stuff, and and so uh, you can spend your spare time away from work doing church, Red Cross, soccer, whatever. My my deal was I was I was playing in tournaments and getting on a couple of committees. So you serve on a committee, and somebody says, "Hey, how about?" Next year, chairing that committee, I said, yeah, I was on the tournament committee. And then, hey, a board seat's opening up. How about uh, running for that? And I said, well, that sounds pretty good. So I don't know that I was doing a lot, but I was, I was doing some You were active. Things. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And that gets, that's, that's visible to other people. And so, you know, board member, and then officer, and then you go through the chairs if you don't. <laughs> annoy too many people but i mean that's a high rise in 10 years to, to exactly yeah but i'm i was also three four years older uh, having had that air force experience right. you got the horton smith ward in 78 and 80 mm-hmm. big you know that's also rather quick that's the for outstanding contributions to educational yeah correct yeah uh, and then you were named 1985 cpga pro of the year yeah once again you know you're visible and, and i think <laughs> It's more than I'm, just I'm, I'm no better than the guy that elects to spend his spare time with his family in the church and soccer. I hear you. It's just a different. He's rising in those uh, activities, and I'm rising in golf because uh, I'm having fun and meeting a lot of great people. I, I think to your point, and I, I've grown up around it, so yeah. I, it, it, when you're in the industry as you, myself, my father – uh, it kind of becomes your life. I always thought the SCGA was like a, 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 another sibling to me. I mean, it was, yeah. it was me, my sister, and the SCGA, and that's kind of how we rolled. I mean, it was. I think there's something to that. Yeah. You're in. You're just in. Yeah. You also rose to national level with being a secretary, 
correct, the vice president and the president of the PGA. Yeah, that was interesting. If I can expand for yeah, a minute please on do. That. Uh, the the district directors. Uh, there's uh, 13 districts in the PGA. We have 41 sections, but our district is uh, Middle Atlantic, Virginia, North and South Carolina, and that rotates kind of every nine years. And uh, it was coming up for the Carolinas' turn. And we had a guy named Bruce Sutterth from Gastonia. You know that name? I don't, I'm not familiar with that name. Really good teacher player. Uh, and he was the likely one. He had just gone out as president of the Carolinas. So he, he called me and he said, hey, I need a little help from the South Carolina pros to get elected. Because we, we do have a border. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. in North Carolina, <laughs> we, we are uh, somewhat partisan. <laughs> and I said, uh, here's what we'll do. Uh, it's a long drive up to uh, Charlotte, so we'll do a bus, and we'll bring the Myrtle Beach guys up. And I said, and, and they'll vote for you. Right. And so uh, I get a call about two weeks before that meeting, and Bruce says, uh, hey, thanks for all your help, but uh, I, I can't run. The, the, the club thinks I'll be gone too much. They changed their minds. I said, ah, oh, Bruce, that's a loss for, for the PGA and for you. He said, but we got a guy that, that we're going to put up, and I hope you'll support him. And I said, of course, of course. Who's the guy? He said, we're going to put you up. <laughs> <laughs> and did you support that? Yeah, I supported that. So okay. that was, that was uh, I kind of uh, backed in. The, I stumbled into that one. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, how was it serving, though, nationally? It was good. Uh, a lot of travel? A lot of travel. As a board member, you've got about uh, six multiple-day functions a year. So you're gone, let's say, somewhere every, almost every month because you, you have to go to your Mid-Atlantic, Virginia, and uh, yeah. Carolinas to, to, to sit in on meetings and bring people up to date on national issues. And then the same thing happened that uh, it, it's time for to run for secretary, which is the first office that no one's not ever gone through the chairs from secretary to president. So yeah. the board said, we think we can get you uh, elected. And the section was real supportive. John Durr was our executive director at that time. Yep. A legend in golf, legend with CBS. He was a commentator at Augusta for 25 years, I think. Wow. Very celebrated journalist. Yeah. Yep. He was our executive director. And he kind of... Uh, groomed me a little bit with what to say what not to say and how to look and how not to look and <laughs> he was fatherly uh so that was a big big help and he was calling people on my behalf so like the pga championship do you have to go work that mm -hmm. do, do you have any television obligations then uh not now uh if you we did as an officer you, you've got uh um quite a few interviews to do yeah. with the local tv stations and then when Back in the days, CBS had the PGA, and they still do. So they, you'd bring a state of the nation kind of thing to the yeah. tournament. Yeah. As, the, as you see, the most recent one, Susie Whaley, actually she was so camera ready, they they loved her on TV. So <laughs> I think she uh, leading money winner, leading minute leader, leader. Uh, I got you I got on you. TV because she was she had great presence. And yeah. you you were very instrumental in bringing the Senior Tour Championship here, correct? I'm not going to say it was I just think so. you. But yeah, I opened the gate. Um, How'd that come about? Well, uh, and that was at Dunes, correct? Yeah, you serve on the policy board for the tour for every year. You're the three office holders right. in the in the PGA, 
And uh, Dean Beeman and I had played against the other his collegiates and amateurs. And so we had a friendship, and his wife, Judy, and my wife, Judy, were uh, good friends. So I kept telling Dean, we need a tour vet in Myrtle Beach, quote, golf capital of the world. And I think I wore him down. <laughs> so we're playing golf one day. He said, I got something to talk to you about tonight. And I said, oh, good. And he said, I'm going to see if you're any good up there. Got a tournament for you, senior tour championship, the top 31 seniors. It was still the senior tour then. Yeah. So let's see if you can do this, big boy, <laughs> in so many words. So right. the staff from the tour came up, and we had to select a site. So there were some politics involved. So I thought it only right to go to all the golf courses in Myrtle Beach that could possibly host it. And so we made a criteria, preferably more than 18 holes, but not a deal breaker, uh, big range, big clubhouse, or if not big club, clubhouse, enough acreage to do tents for CBS and and all that business and um, player locker rooms have to be expanded so we boil it down to about five so Dean and I and two others played all of them in two days oh wow we did the Bay Tree the Myrtlewood uh, the Dunes Club and a couple more Myrtle Beach National because mm-hmm. it was of course going strong there with 50 hole, four holes and it was almost foregone foregone that the Dunes Club was that, it. That was the only 18-hole rotation in there, it sounded like. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that worked out just great. And uh, we had uh, we started out with Yamaha and a couple other sponsors that allowed us to meet the requirements of the purse and the uh, underpinning. And then we had uh, Energizer Battery as uh, the next cycled sponsor. And then we, we, we didn't congeal as a community for when those big guys were going to go away that we would take over. Yeah. And, and we tried to get all the restaurant owners, hotel owners, golf course owners, bankers, lawyers, accountants, to come on, guys, this is advertising on television. We can't afford not to. I'm, not to. Yeah. yeah. And we, got, we all got in a room and said, uh, let's do this thing. And everybody came out with a pledge card, and it didn't materialize. Yeah. Was it at the dunes all, every year it was in no. We've uh, five years at the Dunes, and I think it was three at TPC. I thought I remember TPC part yeah. rotation. Well, yeah. I, I'm wondering how did you? Where did the tents for CBS go at the Dunes Club? Well, they were. Uh, let's see, they set up a tent down, uh, or no, some trailers down by the maintenance building. Okay. Inside the compound there. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. And uh, the press was over in the pool house, and player dining. There was plenty of room for. Yeah player dining with parking was an issue so we early went out to the high schools and grade schools and churches and said hey we'd like to steal your rent your parking lots for right. five days <laughs> and most of them were cooperative so we just did a kind of a, a bus circular deal we've got our amateur championship at the dunes next year in 22 and i, I can't wait i love the oh, facilities wow. first time we've ever done it. first time i've done it there so i'm excited the amateur at the dunes yep amateur I'm, at the dunes i'm looking forward nice. to that that's a good one. That's a great one. That's fun. a there, great place for it. The, uh, I want to mention some other Hall of Fames. You were just recently inducted to the South Carolina Golf Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Thank you. Hopefully I don't leave any off. You're in the PGA Golf Professional Hall of Fame, the Carolinas PGA Hall of Fame, the Ohio Wesleyan University Sports Hall of Fame, and most recently, SC Golf Hall of Fame. That's it. Can I, That's add, it. can I add one more to that? Probably the most important. He was also elected uh, Father of the Year, I believe, at one point in time, weren't you? 
Were you? Yeah. Uh, like officially, not just get a t-shirt or a coffee no, mug. Not, not made up in my mind. It's, okay. it's a Golf Digest thing. Yes. And I don't know where the nominations come, probably from your, your, your local community first or something. And uh, we had been doing a, a, an awful lot of junior golf. And uh, my son was a high school, college golfer. So anyway, I, I know I met the eligibility requirements. Yeah. I don't know how it all worked. Well, you know, my, that's cool, though. You know, my, my, you know, my father got there. There was a, an event down here, the National Father Son, and he, yeah. got, he got elected Father of the Year. And yeah. I, I never got a vote. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Would that have changed things? <laughs> I might have. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah. All right. So you, what shocked me, what you've already said, is that there were three golf courses at the time. Three and a half. What did you What did you think during the boom? I mean, did you at some point did you think we're doing too much or? Uh, great question. Now, I don't think it ever occurred to any of us. And I got if you say we built too many too fast, I'm in the guilty club because <laughs> I <laughs> I started. Uh, let's see, uh, what year? Must have been about eighty six or eighty seven. Getting into ownership. And then own own a couple of leases and so forth. And when it was time for me to build uh, Indigo Creek, I had a partner who owned a friend who owned the land. He said, "Let's partner up. You do the golf course, and I'll I'll do the land around it, and we'll figure out the finances and all that business." Best partner I've ever had. Yeah. And so uh, I went to the bank and said. Uh, I want to do another golf course down in Merle's Inlet. And uh, my banker was real familiar with performance. I'd given him a lot of data over the years. And he said, well, how much do you need? And I said, well, uh, 2.7 all in. <laughs> that was clubhouse and everything. He said, let's go to three. Now, I spoke to a group of bankers in <laughs> Fort Worth and told that story. And, and <laughs> I said, and this was not long ago, yeah. you know, in the last three years. I said, now... My, my, my banker said, let's go to three. And I said, okay, when can I come by and get get the, the monies? And he said, you don't, you don't. I, I put it in your account. Uh, uh, you're my client. You've done enough. You've come to see me once. That's all it takes. Oh, wow. Man. And I, and I said, now, bankers, I don't want to hurt your feelings here, but if I wanted to borrow 2.7, I'd have to have five in your bank. Right? <laughs> right. And they all shuffled their feet a little bit, looked down <laughs> at their shoes. <laughs> yeah, times have changed. And, and, and that that has really changed. But the point I was making now was that um, I don't know. I hope I'm not hurting any other ownership or ownership group. But uh, I didn't provide performance, you know, and, and no data, no comparables. Uh, they just the bankers just really believed in the '80s and '90s that yeah. this yield was going this way, rounds and yield per round was just going like this with no sign of abating. And you'd think. All right. In retrospect, now years, years later, that the banks would have said, you know, uh, we've we've got a data uh, service that we're doing, and uh, the the trend lines don't look too good. Yeah. The way you guys have been going, that can't. There's no business that can keep doing that. Right. Well, it went on from mid '80s to late '90s. That's a long time. Yeah. To have unchallenged trend lines, I think. Yeah. So now it's it's you better have all your money if. Right. privately if you want to build a golf course. Well, let me course. ask you this, because with the number of golf courses, I and mean, we had over 100 golf courses on the coast at, at one time in Myrtle Beach, um, 
I know we've lost some golf courses through the years to the development and, and what have yeah. you, but where do you feel like we are with Myrtle Beach golf now? Are we are we are we kind of stagnant with golf courses? Do we see anything on the develop on the on the, on the horizon as far as new facilities or? Uh, I think we're close to equilibrium. If we went from 120, and it depends in counting where you put your borders. If you go to Ocean Isle to Georgetown, that's one number. If you go from yes. North Myrtle Beach to Polly's, that's another number. But let's say 100, and we're down to 70, maybe 80-something now. And I made a comment which was baseless. I thought if we got to 70 one day, we'd, we'd have equilibrium. And it's, it's Darwinian because, uh, you know, the strong will survive and yes the, yes the modest golf courses that that model the modern or the uh, modest price golf courses are not a good model right now because their margins are narrow or very very thin which means really not going to be able to fix those potholes on the cart pads i'm really not going to be able to upgrade my bunkers and they're not draining draining well yeah which means you know i'm giving a, a lower value out to my customers so i'll drop the price yeah from 79 to 59 well that that's the beginning of the end there then you start throwing in a lunch and a cold beer and, and <laughs> yeah, everything else right. with it so I mean, it just you devaluing as you go through the process exactly right that's the concept yeah so i don't know wh- wh- whether we're through with attrition or not well, I will say, I think, I don't know if it's due to the pandemic and everybody getting golf crazy, but uh, there's 260 rounds being played here today at the Heritage Club, 18-hole yeah. facility. And we, I was going to play with a couple superintendents yesterday. Everywhere was packed. There was, yeah. I mean, there was nowhere yeah. to go, which is great. It really is. And maybe, ironically, that's saving us. Yeah. Well, who would have thought? I mean, in my travels around the state in the last uh, – 10 months now since this all started who would have thought a world a pandemic would have brought golf back up on its feet but that that's the case pretty much once we got past the quarantine times yeah and the resorts could start getting some yeah. people back in but i mean it's you know 13 15 percent increase throughout yeah. last year yeah that's that's incredible and good for golf yeah no yeah. question the interesting thing is we're dealing with this uh project golf that if you've been nice to help us with it uh and so we're lining up these classes for veterans, beginners, and juniors. And it's really hard to get instructors. They're going sun up to sundown. They got no time to come out and really get their time. Well, tell us about Project Golf. That's the first I've heard about it. Well, uh, the, the, our local consortium that uh, has been driving golf since the 60s was called Golf Holiday. It was called Golf Hotels at one point, wasn't it? Might have been. That, that's it was precursor to golf okay, holiday. Okay, didn't know I did, that. On my research, yeah, golf there hotels in the sixties. I thought that name. Your homework. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was, you know, uh, ninety golf courses and a hundred hotels who paid dues, which allowed all of us to have a full page truck in golf digest, which we couldn't afford on our own, and that worked for a long, long time. And then we became, I think, a little politically um, fragmented and social media and just a whole lot of things came together and i think that model was uh no longer the best way to do things so bill golden who's been our ceo of golf holiday re-envisioned the whole setup so now it's golf tourism solutions Mm -hmm. Uh, media marketing uh, more airlines all those things that help bring people here and he said at the same time you know this community is exploding and we need to be more organic in growing rounds 
So he said, how about if we do a nonprofit called Project Golf? And the three pillars are uh, veterans, beginners, juniors. I like it. So he said, uh, and I was going to do that at Midway Par 3. About three or four years ago, the ownership said, uh, we want to get out of this Midway, this golf business. And if if we leased it to you for a dollar, what would you do? I said, I tried to validate our reputation as golf capital of the world. Why are you going to do that? I said, well, we'll have the most pronounced junior program in the country. That's a little stretch, but we're going to do something for veterans that I don't think has been done at the scale we want to do it. So we got down the road, and uh, it turns out the FAA was a bigger player since that's the final approach to the runway at the, okay. at the base or the airport. And it got too complicated, so we walked away. And uh, we, were, we were upset, and Bill Golden calls, tells me that, Gary, you know, for every door that closes, a couple open. I said, not like that one, Bill. <laughs> so he calls me a month later. He said, hey, remember our conversation about door opening? I said, of course. And he said, there's an opportunity at Barefoot. Let's go up there and meet with the owner. I said, no, I'm, I'm still pouting. <laughs> right. I'm not ready for that. Yeah. And he, he talked a little bit more. I said, okay, what, when? He said, tomorrow. And the owner of Barefoot is an old friend of mine. Okay. And uh, he's done a marvelous job, and the Greg Norman Golf Academy was in foreclosure. Okay. Yeah, the building. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And so we went up there and met with the owner, and one thing led to another. And so we acquired, GTS acquired, the academy and the, the land on that the range. far end of the range. Yeah. And access to the range. And so it's, I don't know whether Bill is that good. I know he's really he's, good. I think he's that good. And there's a, a little percentage of luck. We got lucky because his office is down on Oak Street. The lease was up uh, at the end of last summer. So they were looking for a place to go. And here's a 10,000 square foot building. Wow. With two, a couple conference rooms and four or five offices. And the previous operators called it a gymnasium, but it's a... It was a fitness room yeah. for the golf academy and three indoor hitting bays. So now I'm salivating again. And so we go up there and do it. And, and uh, because of COVID, we felt safer doing veterans first because that's going to be a small group. And uh, PJ Hope had started two years before. Hope meaning help our patriots everywhere, the acronym. Okay. And... Uh, so, being a veteran, I had a foot in each camp, PJ member and, and veteran. So, I, if I wasn't inspired, who would be inspired? So, we got cooking pretty good. Nice. PJ and um, got a website and all that and got approved by the PGA. They, they fund the instructor fees up to a certain point. Yeah. And what they said was, uh, we want a four to one student to instructor ratio and let's not go over 36 at any time. Fine. COVID hit. They came out with a, and we're ready to start our first class. We had 20, and they said, we're going to 10. We don't think you can effectively do this and play by CDC, ADA, all the people you got, rules you have to play by. And I said, wait a minute, PGA, we got 22. And they said, okay, we're going to, you're on your honor here. Distance, masks, no water, the coolers, nobody reaching into a cooler and all that. And I said, okay. We'll do, we'll do a good job. And we did our 22, and then we did uh, 24. We've kind of adopted 20 as a max. 
Uh, and right now we've got uh, 25 with our last session coming up Tuesday. And uh, are we successful? I think so. We're getting uh, nice reviews, nice comments in the magazines. And our metrics are not too foundational, but here, here are our metrics. One, nobody misses class. I got so enthused last fall because it was robust and the bonding was unparalleled with the vets. And so the, nobody missed class. And actually, I made a mistake. I said, let's go, th let's do one more class of six, six Tuesdays in a row, which took us to December 15th. Yeah. Everybody showed. Wow. And they're out there, and I told the story at a dinner banquet. I got students out there in parkas. Well, that was a bold faced <laughs> line. Nobody had a <laughs> But they were wrapped up. They did have toboggan yeah. caps on. So we're not going to do de December next year. So the first metric is nobody's missing. Secondly, they want to bring their veteran buddies. Yeah. And thirdly, the testimonies are powerful. Oh, I bet. And we started out, uh, I did this at our uh, Virginia property that Dean and I had done 2004 through 2013 with Walter Reed hospital vets coming back from Iraq and, and uh, Afghanistan. And so we did clinics Tuesdays and Fridays at our facility called Cannon Ridge. And the bonding just overwhelmed me. And I've been, I've been in a war zone. I've been with a lot of vets, but there's something different about somebody who's done the war, the wars, have some pride, wants to show their pride, and so forth. So we're into our second class up in Virginia on a Friday, and I've got this favorite student, a retired gunny sergeant, and uh, one just one arm, lost his other to an IED, and um, his name's Mickey. So his wife Sheila always brings him. And uh, so we finished the clinic, and they're going in there for some water. And she says, can you walk me to the van? I said, yeah, sure. Is something on your mind? She said, you, you bet. Oh. <laughs> and she kind of bit her words off, you bet. So I said, what is it, Sheila? She said, do you have any idea what you're doing? And I said, Sheila, uh, you know, we're in year two. We're trying real hard. We, we know what we're not good at, and we're trying to get... No, you don't get it. You, you, you don't get it. Do you know what you're doing? And not me personally, us. You know, we right. had six PJ members and myself. I said, you're going to have to help me here. She said, uh, you do clinics on Tuesdays and Fridays? Yeah, of course, she said. Mickey only gets out of bed on Tuesday and Friday. Wow. So if I ever get feeling uh, overwhelmed by detail or administrative work which we all do i just gotta light that fire a little bit that comment and there's other comments well i was reading because i heard some other comments and yeah some, some of the guys that have, have become dependent on other things and are now dependent on golf they've replaced those yeah. dependencies with, with golf. that those are those are I, I thought i'd hear one of those stories and that'd be the end of it every it's incredible class. yeah well that's that's great thank you for your service and for what you Absolutely. do well i served uh uh, proudly and what a great way to stay engaged with this deal and golf being the core yeah 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 it's it's really good well we're, we're lucky in south carolina to have 
individuals and leaders like you in all aspects of, of the, the state, the golf industry is good. I mean, it's, and it's not just the superintendents and it's not just the Carolinas PGA or the South Carolina golf, but it's, it's everybody working together to, to, to do what's best for golf. And yeah. I think that's where we've been lucky in the state. Very. Yeah, good. I think so. And you guys have played a big part of it, the SCGA. So hats off to all the people you said, but you guys have been around making good choices for right. a long time. We've had good friends to do it with and good people yeah, to do it with. Yeah. Well, Mr. Shaw, thank you very much. Anything that you'd like to say that we didn't touch on? Or Biff, you, you as well? I don't know. I, I think you know everything I know, Al. <laughs> <laughs> at this no. point. I want to say my first time I got to meet Mr. Shaw was at the Ford Picard. You played with your grandson. That was pretty special. That was, yeah. Uh, down at Wild Dunes. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Years ago. Yeah, yeah. He he would also Mr. Shaw would bring a team from Watchesaw to our Trescott uh, or, or our Lathrop Cup, excuse me, Lathrop. to our Lathrop Cup, okay. which is our senior version of our Trescott. And it, you know, we generally we're in the Midlands or upstate to try to keep it central. And he he was one of the few that would come from the coast and, and bring the guys up and have a good day. I always had to remind people the Lathrop Cup was uh was you know in honor of Happy, not in not memory that. of Happy. He's, <laughs> he's still around. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's a great event. Is it back on? It's back on. We're we're looking. In fact, we we actually did it last year. That was one, we only lost four events last year, so that ah. was good. But but, but we, we got the Lathrop Cup done. It was a, like everything else. We had to do some different things with it. But we're back on. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head where we are. But we're, Both we're, Lathrop and? Uh, the Trescott. Trescott. We lost the Trescott. That was one of the first events yeah. we lost last year. Yeah, John Long was pestering you guys yes. to tell me how we're going to do it. He loves that. Well, we wanted to, and we had a good site. We're getting, we're going back. We'll be at Thornblade uh, here in a few weeks up in, in, in April up in, in the upstate. Oh, good. So, yeah. good. Good place. Well, Mr. Shaw, thank you very much okay, for I'll coming and joining us. Again. Yes, sir. Always, always our pleasure. Thank pleasure you, sir. to be in your company. Well, you make it easy. Thank you, sir. The Palmetto Shop is proud to sponsor the Off the Huzzle podcast and the South Carolina Golf Association. We are your one-stop shop for all your screen print, embroidery, and promotional products needs. Our team will work with you from conception to completion. Low minimums to high volume, we can accommodate all your staff or team apparel, uniforms, and marketing needs. You can find us on Facebook as Palmetto Shop, the web at thepalmettoshop.com, or call us at 803-252-5058.